Hey, y'all, I wanted to take a second before we get into this episode to remind you that the show is also available on YouTube. And starting from episode number 101, it's all in 4K. I'm trying to make the best video podcast I can, so definitely check it out and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Go to youtube.com slash at progressionspod or hit the link in the show notes. If you're not getting enough progressions and you want to get even more thoughts on creativity, productivity, and growth in music, then you should sign up for my newsletter. You'll find a brief article in each monthly edition as well as updates on progressions and myself. I'm also sharing some workflow hacks and links to stuff that I found interesting or helpful. So it should be fun. If you want to stay up to date on the latest and get all the bonus stuff, go to travisferentz.com slash subscribe or click the link in the show notes. Hey, welcome to Progression, Success in the Music Industry. I'm your host, Travis Ferentz, and this is episode number 96. Got a great interview with engineer, mixer, and producer Vago Galindo for you today. We get into all things engineering, working remotely during the pandemic, tips for voiceover recording, and tons more coming at you in just a couple minutes. But first, I want to do a sort of state of the union of progressions. I've been thinking about the show a lot lately. Doing this podcast brings me so much joy. I've met so many new friends, both guests and listeners. I love exchanging messages with you all. I love sharing ideas. I love learning new stuff. Stopping this podcast is not an option for me. It's become a part of who I am at this point. That being said, I'll be honest, I'm feeling a little stale and I think there's opportunity to grow this show even further. So what I wanna do is up the value that this podcast brings to you. Moving to YouTube was part of that. I wanted to reach a wider audience. I wanted to explore a new format. And in doing that, I've thought a lot about how the show currently is and compared it to shows that I love. It's brought me to the realization that I need to mix it up a little bit. I want to have more focused and poignant conversations on the show with people that I think can really move the needle for you with the knowledge that they have to share. This means that we'll be stepping away from the usual walk through the guest career and skipping right to the best stuff, which for me always seems to be the end of an interview. At least that's where I personally seem to learn the most. This also means that we may not have an interview every episode. My intention will definitely be to try to have one, but I'm not interested in having an interview just because this show started as an interview show. If it doesn't bring max value, then to me, it's no longer worth my time and definitely not yours. I actually think this will be fun because I have a lot of solo episode ideas that I haven't had time to script and develop properly, so this could be a great opportunity to get those out in the world. So with all that being said, this will be the last interview episode for a few weeks. I'll either do solo episodes or reissue some of my personal favorites with new intros. So don't run off. New content is still coming at you at the usual every other Wednesday pace. I already have some interviews scheduled that I am super excited about with people that are all on board with this new model. I can't wait to get those out there to you. We have been on this journey for almost three years and nearly 100 episodes. It's crazy. Some of you have been here from the beginning, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. I feel that this year, 2023, has been the year that podcasting has finally really clicked for me, and I'm ready to try to take this thing to where I think it could go. Today's episode is brought to you by OIC Sound, the makers of two of the most unique and useful plugins you're going to find anywhere. I'm personally super excited to have them as a sponsor of the show because their plugins are an integral part of my mixing workflow, particularly Soothe 2. Anybody that knows me knows that if you ask me for a mix tip, the first thing that is going to come out of my mouth is, do you use Soothe 2? Soothe 2 is a dynamic resonance suppressor, which is a fancy way of saying it's awesome. 
I use Soothe 2 every day for stuff like taming harsh vocals, controlling resonances in poor recordings, or even some gentle tonal balancing on the master bus. But for me, the real secret is the sidechain feature. Soothe 2 has become my frequency unmasking Swiss army knife. Set up instances of Soothe 2 on tracks or groups of tracks that are fighting for space with your vocal. Then trigger the sidechain with your vocal. Absolute magic. Your vocal will just kind of lean forward in the mix and sit perfectly. We can't go without a quick shout out to OX Sound's other plugin, Spiff. Think of Spiff as the frequency specific transient focused sister of Soothe 2. Spiff has saved me hundreds of times when I get an overcompressed vocal with those spitty, harsh consonants. It gets taken care of immediately. I would not be telling you about OX Sound if I didn't believe these tools would improve your workflow. These tools are in a category of their own. Your dynamic EQ, multiband compressor, and transient shaper will not do what these do. So jump over to oxsound.com, that's O-E-K sound, and check them out. There are tutorials built into the plugins to help you understand their full potential, and there's a fully functional 20-day trial. So go grab the demo and try them in your music today. Today's guest is two-time Grammy-winning producer, engineer, and mixer Vago Galindo. Born in Mexico and now based out of Los Angeles, Vago has worked on a long list of amazing projects, including artists such as Juanes, Elvis Costello, Valet, and Whiplash. He's also been involved in film and TV, working on projects such as La La Land, Beauty and the Beast, and Ni Tu Ni Yo. So welcome to the show, Vago Galindo. What's up? How are you? Hey, Travis. How are you? I'm great. Well, that's a great intro. Thanks so much. <laughs> well, you, you got all the credits. I just I put them in a list and read them, so it's not that hard. But yeah, man, I'm, I'm stoked to hang out. I always love hanging out with engineers because that's you know mostly what I do. Uh, so it's always, a, it's always a good hang. So I'm stoked. Yeah. You know, it's always nice to geek out. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So I always like to start with origin stories. I know a little bit about your your history, just doing some quick Googles, but I'd love to hear how you got into music, how you ended up here. What's that story like? Right. Well, I was born in a very small town in Mexico. It's it's very close to Arizona, actually. In the board, it's a border town called San Urio, Colorado, which, you know, that's where I was born. But then my family moved to uh, the capital of the state, which is Hermosillo. And, you know, my mom was always, I have, we're three brothers, and my mom was always really into us being like, doing something cultural, you know, it, she wasn't like sure about music, but it was more like, oh, well, you know, they're like, my kids should paint or do like artsy stuff as a hobby, as a hobby. <laughs> That's awesome. And, you know, when I was in, in high school, actually, my brother, uh, he was like, oh, I want to play guitar. And I remember we went to a store. Uh, and then my mom was like, like went to the guy in the in the store and told him like, what album should I buy for my kid that wants to learn how to play guitar? And she uh, gave us a corn album, the the word little freak comes. <laughs> and I was so scared, man. I was like, this is like, this is so weird. I don't like, I was like not having it. <laughs> That's an interesting choice. Yeah, I would have thought yeah. like, you know, like, I don't know, Jimi Hendrix or Eric Clapton, like one of those like old school, but whatever, whatever works, you know? No, no, it was corn. And then, uh, you know, it's like my brother started playing guitar. Uh, he's a, I'm the I'm the eldest. He's the middle one. And, you know, it was like he was playing guitar and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, that's cool. Um, but really what, what actually like really got me into was like I was listening to the like the rhythm, the drums. And I was like, oh, that's actually like like in my mind. You know, it's like now I can decode it, but at that point I, I just had no idea what, how were they doing those things? 
Yeah. Like, you know, you hear the drums, it's like, oh my God, like, what's that thing that's like, sounds like a lion and, you know, it's like this nerd room, like things like that. And to me, they just sound very exciting. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, I told my mom, like, well, I don't want to play guitar like my brother because, you know, he's my brother and he's already doing that. That's no, that's not cool. Um, I want to do drums. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, no, that's not, you know, this is a hobby. It's not. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, so then uh, I started like banging stuff and I like started banging tables and pots and pans and things like that. I was, you know, being very stubborn and like, well, you know, if it's not drums, I'll hit stuff and that'll be it. And then I remember like me and my brother, we ruined the table. And it's just like, okay, like this is it. Like you're getting a drum set. So you like... Stop breaking everything. Yeah. And, um, you know, after that, it was, it was kind of like very like, maybe at the time it wasn't very obvious, but like really that was a pivotal point to me where I got the drum set and like my mom thought it was like every mom is like, this is a phase and I'm still in that phase, you know? <laughs> ne never ended. Yeah. It's like, you know, but also it was really, you know, like my hometown is not that big. So it was the whole concept about just doing music for a living, like was never a thing until I was in, in college. I was doing industrial engineering in Mexico. And I, I did a an internship at Ford and, you know, everyone was like very excited and like, you know, they were like, this is like the best thing ever. Like, oh my God. And I was like the other way. I was like, oh my God, I fucked up in my life. Like this is, I've made a huge mistake. You know, if you ever seen Arrested Development, like that, like, like, <laughs> oh, like I made a huge mistake like that, exactly like that. And I was like, no, this is like, oh my God, like, what am I doing with my life? Like, this is not it. Like, I don't know what I want, but this is not it. I was having like my midlife crisis at like 18. Get it out of the way. Again, like it wasn't like music wasn't the obvious choice because I just didn't know how to, I didn't know where to go or who to talk to or anything about it. Uh, I just kind of knew that that was like the only constant thing that I was doing that, you know, I was like, I, I like this, like, this is cool. You know, it's like I, at, that, at that point I was just playing drums. And one of my favorite bands at the time, which was Dream Theater, they released a DVD and they were like, we met at Berkeley. And I was like, ah, that, like, I'm just, I'm going to look into that and like apply and get in. And, and, you know, for me, it was like, again, everything at that, at that time was, to me, it was very like obvious. Like I need to do, if I want to go here, I need to do this. Yeah. Now at the time I look at it, it's like, oh my God, that sounds impossible. Like I would never do that. Yeah. You know, they, 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 I actually find like the one guy that also went to Berkeley and, and went back home and I like bug him about it. And he like helped me out to like get a scholarship for Berkeley. And it was things like, you know, it's like, oh, well, do you want to go to Berkeley? Well, you need a scholarship. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'll find a scholarship. Like, cause that's, that's what I want to do. Like it was, I was very stubborn. <laughs> like, again, if I, if I think about it today, I would be like, that's impossible. That's like insane to do. But at the time I was like having such a, I was so scared of like staying and like doing my internship at Ford that I was like, I'd really like, this is not it. Everyone was like, what are you talking about? This is like the best thing ever. I was like, no, 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 no I need to like get the hell out of here. But, you know, I was very stubborn about it. And I, I ended up, I did end up going to Berkeley for a few years. I moved through a lot, a lot of majors. Cause then the funny thing is that you do like, it's like, okay, music. And it's like, yeah, but what? You know, you can do so many things. And you have to pick one. You have to pick one. <laughs> so I actually ended up going for composition, which I'm very grateful because I was exposed to so much music that I don't think I would have ever been exposed to. Mm. 
but also all my friends, I've always been a geek, like computers have always been like a big passion of mine. But it's just funny because at that point, I didn't think it was a passion. I was just like, yeah, like looking into computers and like learning about RAM seems really cool. <laughs> like, which is the best browser? Why is it the best browser? You know, silly things like that. But um, all my friends were like engineers and actually all my roommates in college were like, they were studying like audio engineering. Okay. And the, the thing how it works at Berkeley is that they do like very, um, it's not the classes, but it's more like the, where you, the practice time that you get is at night. So, you know, it's kind of like, you know, like you would get studio time at like midnight or yeah. like 2 a.m. Yeah. Yep. So I was like, well, I have nothing to do. I'll go with you. So, you know, I was just like sitting in the back and like see my friends work. And I would ask all the stupid questions and I didn't know how to use Pro Tools. So it was like, wait, so how do you do, you know, it's like, why are you using this mic? Or like, what's the difference between, I don't know, like a ribbon mic or like a condenser mic? Right. Uh, you know, all my friends were like, well, it's duh, it's this, you idiot. And I was like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> but then also at the same time, it's it's still the blind leading the blind because everybody's like just starting anyway. So that's, right, that's right, great. Right. <laughs> right. So after that, you know, I, I you know, I, I went to Berkeley and, and uh, my hometown is actually not that far from L.A. And I went back home and I initially wanted to go to, to New York because all of my friends who were, most of them were, were into jazz, moved to New York. And I, you know, I really wanted to go to New York. I just could, I still to this day, I, could, I can't like justify moving to New York without a job. <laughs> yeah. It's really rough. And unless you're like an actual player, it's, it's a very different vibe. Yeah. And I was so close to it. I was literally like, like physically, I was close to LA, so I was like, maybe I should just try LA. And it it was very random, like really, because I I literally like hit one of my friends from Berkeley on Facebook. It's like, listen, like how's like I knew he was an engineer in LA. I was asking him like, how's LA like? Like you know, I'm thinking of moving. He's like, oh, actually, well, you know, one of the engineers actually just left the studio. So if you want, you can come and like have an interview. Let's do it. And I was like, I can be there tomorrow. <laughs> and I literally like asked my dad if he could lend me his car. And I like drove to LA from, from Hermosillo that day. That's awesome. Obviously, I mean, I didn't say any of that in the, in the interview because I didn't want them to have like, listen, like <laughs> I'm driving here. I drove like 12 hours to see you. But, you know, um, I did end up getting like an internship first that, that turned into like, you know, I was doing um, like kind of like sound effects and. And doing like kind of like post like audio post production for the studio, and then that was like the first time I was you know the owner like this studio is called uh, Eagle Music here in Burbank, which is like multi Grammy Award winner like facilities. Or they do a lot of stuff like from well that's that's where I work in La La Land, and they do like John Wick, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, okay. They do a bunch of like Netflix stuff. They're they're amazing. And Gus Gustavo, the owner, um, when I was there, he was he kind of Again, I was just very curious, so I started asking a lot of questions. And he's like, oh, yeah, of course, like, if you want to, you know, like, because he had, like, a bunch of mics I've never seen. So I was like, so what's the difference between this and that? Or, like, why do you have all this gear and, and, and over there? And, you know, why? I don't know. Like, just stuff that I was just really curious. And he, like, he, like, really, like, pushed me into, like, doing what I do right now. That's awesome. But it was really cool because it's all been, like, very organic. I've It's never been, like, 
it wasn't like I had a conversation and was like, listen, I want to do this. Like, you need to teach me. It was more like I just had a lot of questions. And yeah. People were cool enough to help me and answer them. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I think that's part of like, I, I always talk about this on the show. You know, you can start out on the music path but you can't really like have an expectation of like what you're going to do or where you're going to end up. Like you can't say like, I'm going to be the next Phil Ramone. You just have to say that like, right. I love music and I want to be a music producer, I think, and see where you go because you might realize that you love mixing or you might realize that you love doing voiceovers or whatever it is. Like there's so many side quests yeah. in this industry, which I think is amazing. Yeah, and I think it's super important that that you need, especially if you come to LA, like you really need to be aware that you're going to end up doing like a lot of things you didn't expect to do. Yeah. I, for example, when I was at, at Igloo, like I was like, okay, I'm going to be a mixer. Like that's the goal, being a mixer. And then after I left Igloo, I started working with who's like now one of my biggest mentors, Sebastian Chris, who's like another like Argentinian, like amazing producer. He's done like, you know, stuff for Shakira, like made the team for Despacito, you know, things like massive, yeah. things like that. Yeah. One of the first times I met him, I was like, he asked me like, so what do you want to do? It's like, I want to be a mixer. And then he was like, no, you you should produce. I really think you should be a producer. And I was like, okay, like if this guy's telling me I should be a producer, uh, I guess I'm going to be a producer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, if this guy believes in me, I might as well believe in myself, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, do you know what made him want to pick producer out like was it a conversation you guys were having or you were working together how, how'd that come up i i was at a point where i i had met sebastian a few times and i can't remember if we, we had already worked together but i kind of met him one time i mean i remember i called him up and it's like hey like can we meet and it was like a sunday at like 10 p.m you know and i was calling him because i was like i wanted to tell him like listen like i feel like i'm stuck doing stuff on my own like kind of feel like I need like some guidance in, in any sense. Yeah. You know, and he's like, basically what he said is like, if you want to, if you're down to being a producer, like then let's work together and you know, you'll help me with, with stuff. Funny enough, the first project that we like formally like started working together was on the Juanes album that got those two Grammys. Amazing. It was like, okay, so uh, you know, it's, there's, there's something cool and, and right about this. Something to that. Yeah, totally. Well, yeah. okay. So you were working at like a, Kind of a post, but also a music studio when you started. Yeah, which is like the the crazy thing about Igloo, because they do both. They do like music and they do a lot of post-production. So that's kind of where I, that was like my second university, right. if you will. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. my third university, because I did, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm interested to ask you your opinion on mentors. Since you, since you worked in a studio, you also went to Berkeley, and then you have this mentor-ish situation with, with Sebastian, where he's really helped you out a lot. Do you think everybody should have a mentor? That's a cool question. I don't know if, like, I've met people that are, like, are really good by working by themselves. Mm. Like, so much like having, like, a like a mentor in the, in the more traditional sense. I'm not sure if everyone should, like, I feel like some people don't really need one. Like, they're, they're pretty, you know, they do a bunch of stuff on their own. But I do feel that having a team or at least people that support you Mm. Or at least that you can throw ideas to, like bounce ideas like that. I actually I do all the time and I don't think I could function in an efficient way if I didn't have people I could like just show things that I'm working on and them giving me an honest opinion. Yeah. 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 It's hard to find that honest opinion, too. It's like you have to have enough relationships in the industry where people they trust each other enough to be like, hey, man, this could be better as opposed to like that 
everybody's always kind of high-fiving each other. I don't know if you've done a lot of songwriting sessions where it's like somebody throws a horrible line out and everybody's like, that's awesome. And I'm the engineer. I'm like, that's garbage. And you guys all know that's garbage. <laughs> Funny enough, uh, one of the people I show my music to, it's uh, my 16-year-old cousin. Ah, yeah, there you go. Because <laughs> that guy like has, he'll tell me what he's thinking. Yeah. Oh, and that's at the right like generation age that like kids and like high school students, like they're just, they just like what they like. They're not as influenced by, you know, their experiences in the industry as like, you know, you and I might be. Right. Yeah. And it's really interesting because nowadays I, I can tell what's like, oh yeah, no, that's bullshit. Like you're, you're just my idiotic <laughs> cousin trying to, you know, like mess me up. And sometimes he's like, yeah, you know, uh, uh, you know, I don't, I don't like this. And it's like, oh shit. I actually thought you were really going to like this. <laughs> that's a problem. I mean, and then there's, you know, and then I'll send it to Sebastian and Sebastian is like, you know, what, what you really need is to turn up the bass and that'll like, fix everything it's right like oh shit like magic yeah <laughs> but you know like my i feel like for example my cousin angel like he'll he'll say like oh like i feel like i thought i was gonna move my head and i didn't move it and it's like oh okay like i think that's that's interesting because it's like okay how do i actually you know because you know doing music um it's all about the emotion yeah yeah so you know if he says like he thinks he was gonna move his head and he didn't it's like okay maybe Maybe there's something I need to work on. So now he's like, you know, grooving into it or yeah, or jumping or like just feeling excited, which it's always the goal. Yeah, yeah, it's the subtleties. I was talking to somebody. They they love to get somebody in the room to listen to a mix when they feel like they're done, and they just like really study that person's like right. body reaction. It doesn't have to be somebody involved in the project. Maybe it's just like the runner or whatever. It's just like, are you moving? Are you into it? What's your face look like? I think that's um. It's a good read on how something is like translating to, to the world. Yeah. I'm also the worst person to do that too, because when somebody does like, it's like, listen to this, I'll just be like, <laughs> oh, I like it. You know, that's cool. No movement. But yeah. But I'll be, but you know, in my head, it's like, no, I actually like really like it. I just, just like, like, re like consciously like. <laughs> listening that's 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 pretty good that's pretty good no movement <laughs> no emotion i love it right this. and they're like <laughs> yeah. you're lying you're like no 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 i do i do i really do yeah i've gotten that a lot with people like oh i thought you were i was gonna get a reaction from me it's like yeah no you did you did i did say it was cool <laughs> one day somebody's gonna get a big reaction and that's gonna be the most epic moment because they're gonna know that normally you wouldn't do that right yeah well you know can't wait for that day. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> if you're enjoying this episode, then please consider pulling your phone out, tapping that share button, and sending this to one person that you think would enjoy it. Obviously, it would be huge for me, but it could be even more game-changing for that person. You just never know what can inspire or help someone else out. I want to take a second to tell you about Secret Sonics, a podcast by Ben Wallach and Carl Bonner. Secret Sonics is one of my favorite shows, and it's now double amazing with the addition of Carl Bonner as a co-host. Ben and Carl have teamed up to discuss the real-world trials and triumphs of music production. They cover it all from mixing and studio tricks to branding and mindsets. If you're a fan of progressions, you'll be a fan of Secret Sonics. Check it out wherever you listen to podcasts or hit the link in the show notes. <laughs> I, I wanted to do a quick tangent before we kind of keep going down the engineering mixing thing, because I know this is something I haven't talked about on the show, so if you're willing to spend two minutes talking about it. Yeah, yeah. I know you've done some VO recording. And yeah. part of what I want to do with the show is really just highlight all the opportunities that are out there for people. Would you be able to break down like a VO session to somebody and what the flow is like and what that world's like? That's actually a really good question because nobody ever talks about it. And 
I feel like at least, you know, from Igloo and where I come from, like most of my friends that are producers and engineers, they also end up in some ways doing VO recordings. Mm. And I think that a lot of them, including like myself, that we get like the VO world is super organized and it's super like there's like a lot of attention to detail and it's very, you know, there's there's a it's not a shame a chain of command, but it's more like it's like there's a structure in like it's a very organized way of how things are are moving and everyone has a very specific role mm. and it's also like you have to if you're the actual engineer you have to be really fast at editing and i feel like that has like really like helped me like with my pro tools chops because you have to like edit and like move and and you have to like do like you have like three windows and like three screens and it's like you know one with like you know pro tools the other one with the video and the other one with like like music cue or like you know edit cue or, or whatever you used to like look at the script and it's like it's really interesting but you know usually on a video session there's three people in the room there's uh the talent which is the actual person you know saying the words then there's the director who's the person you know kind of like the producer of the session and then there's the uh the engineer who's actually running pro tools and uh sometimes it's you're you're doing the three of them (laughs) (laughs) but it's it's just like it's very you know it's like for for the audio engineer it's it's actually very technical because there's like so much things going on you know like i'm starting out with the with the software but there's a software where basically you put like it's like the streamers and then you you actually in the screen you put the lines that they're going to say so it's also like it's kind of like karaoke so like you're like you're playing play and they're seeing the video and it's let's say that your character it's called tom so it'll say like tom and it'll be like green so it's like every time you see tom in green it's like it's kind of like karaoke where you're singing, uh, yeah. saying the, the expressions. If it's not an animation, you really have to be very like meticulous in seeing that the the way that the actor is talking and, and the video are like exactly the same. Yeah, because humans are so perceptive at just figuring out like if there's something is off, you like immediately see it. So like it's really like a lot of attention to detail. Like it's like. It's insane how like at the beginning I was like, oh, it's gonna be really easy. And then like you really like start looking at the screen and it's like, wow, this this doesn't make sense. And so so then and it's really interesting because then they actually, you know, you think it's like, oh, they're just saying the words, but they actually like you really have to be an actor, like a really like well-trained actor to be a really go a really good VO talent because you really have to like get into the emotion. And it's kind of more difficult for the actor sometimes because you know, if you're in a scene. You know, there's like the set, you're like, you know, you're dressed and it's like, you know, there's the mood and the ambience. And in this way, in doing voiceover or ADR, you're like in an office in Burbank. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, you know, you really need to find a way to get into the emotion and, and you're not in the in the proper ambience to actually, you know, if you're doing like a horror movie yeah, and it's like, you know, 2 a.m. and then you're doing VO at like 9 a.m. like saying like, hey, watch out, you know, it's. It's a very different vibe. And I did, I mean, actually, like, I did a lot of voiceover during the pandemic. That really, like, helped me, like, because of the remote recordings. I've been doing remote recordings since, like, 2014 or 2013. So it's Uh. all this stuff happened. I was like, oh, I got this. Like, this is, like, all good. I've done this for years now. Like, I was kind of prepared to, like, keep a lot of companies that I work with on the VO um, side of to, to actually, you know, keep recording, keep working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. If you're doing like ADR, are you re- you're replacing something 
that that was shot already. Are you using like a shotgun mic at that point, or is there just you're oh. nobody cares about matching mics? Like what what happens in that situation? Yeah, I'll I'll usually ask like you know we're we're spoiled of being in LA, so like I'll usually ask what they're using, and mm. there's a lot of companies here in LA that that I can most definitely get the mic from. Even like if it's like like short films, like sometimes it's like oh we just we just use like whatever mic, and I'll I'll just try to find that mic and and use the same one they used. But yeah, it's either uh, for ADR, yeah, a lot of shotgun mics. Like if it's a voiceover, I'll probably use like you know like a large diaphragm condenser because you actually can get one of those cool things but but you can really hear it like even though it might sound like better it, it'll sound off if you if they're using other mic and then you put that yeah mic in there. yeah yeah then you'll spend like hours and hours trying to match them <laughs> like with any cue and and that's i've done that a lot of times and i don't i don't ever want to do that ever again <laughs> i mean matching you know vocals in a in a song if somebody re-records the second verse with a different mic is like that's daunting enough and there's like still you know there's music to hide that when you're just doing a, a yeah. podcast or adr or something it's like oh man there's nothing there to hide it yeah it's crazy like even on the last one's album like we we i was under i was actually uh, touring with elvis costello and then i suddenly get a an email with like like hey like i, I actually changed the lyrics for this song Different mic, different preamp, different room, different everything. It's like, would that be a problem? I was like, nah, not. And then I put them there, you know, in the session. It's like, oh yeah, this is like nobody will ever know it's another mic. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, but then on ADR, it's like you, you're again, the mind, the human mind, like really notices like those things. I was having this conversation even with Foley, like Foley, like footsteps, like yeah, nobody ever thinks yeah. about it, but but your mind will will tell you immediately that there's something wrong. If the surface isn't right, the echo in the room isn't fine. Even if you don't know about it, you'll your your mind just be like, "There's something wrong." Yeah, with that, which is it's crazy. There was something that I was I was watching during the pandemic, and and something was just off. It was like the the room, and it, it was so noticeable to me. It, it like kind of ruined the whole, you know, the whole oh, movie, really? movie for for a second. Because that's uh, because I could hear it because I'm an audio person, and I was like, "Oh yeah. my god!" My, meanwhile, my my wife was like, "It's fine." I'm like, are you sure you can't hear that? It sounds it sounds awful. She's like, just you know the the thing that I always see that that gets me. It's and I'm like, "Oh, whoa! This is this is not right." It's the doors closing doors. Yeah, like, I don't know if like this is probably the the geeky one of the geekiest things that I can tell. But it's like <laughs> I can know how doors sounds like like closing door sounds and it's like ah oh, it's so annoying because now i know you know it's like kind of when yeah. you're like when, when there's a magic trick and you think it's so cool and then when you discover the magic trick like now you see it everywhere it's like like now i hear the doors closing and they're like not right i was like ah that's not the type of wood that's like different type of concrete it's it's insane <laughs> that's good that's amazing that's awesome i wanted let, let's go back to music because uh you know, that's where your focus is. And that's where most of this podcast focus is. Um, I wanted to ask you, I saw an interview that you did with Audio Movers about doing a couple Elvis Costello records yeah. entirely remote. And then you mentioned that you've been doing it for a long time. What kind of challenges have you learned to overcome by doing all this remote work? And do you have any like tips for people to help them collaborate, you know, remotely? Yeah, the, the big one is you need to have patience with because there's a lot of people that, like one thing is that you might be very savvy on, on your craft, but then with dealing with 
another person that might not be like as savvy on that it's mm. that's like you really need to have patience and be like very conscious that things are going to take a second you know like for example with the elvis album actually i think i had to get a computer for elvis because he i don't think he had a laptop at the time <laughs> like like a personal laptop like so it was like right okay and then like silly things like Hey, so like we send you an iLock. And he's like, what's an iLock? Oh, you know, it's like a small USB thing. It's like, you know, the first thing he told me is like, oh, like, why is it such a small thing? Like, I don't, I think I, I threw it. Like, I don't, you know, and it's like, okay. <laughs> this is like, like, this is, you know, but then he's like, he's, he's just never seen an iLock and he doesn't, you know, he thought it was like a random USB. Yeah. And it's like, okay, like, right. So no, actually, um, this is important because this is where like, you know, this is kind of like, the lock for opening Pro Tools. And then there's things like, you know, he's like, so why are we using this? Why can't we use Logic? I use Logic all the time. Like, you know, like I've seen Logic, like it just opens up. I see my kid opening Logic. It's like, <laughs> right, yes, but but uh, I work in Pro Tools. It's like, yeah, but you don't need the iLog on Logic. Like, hey kid, you know, <laughs> it's like, oh my God. <laughs> things like that where it's like, you really need to like, like, you know, it's like, and also, like, it makes you question, like, oh, right, actually, I've been using Pro Tools, and you have to use this annoying thing. It's like, right, <laughs> yeah, I just moved to Logic. Maybe he's right. Maybe he's onto something. Like, you know, so like, very like patience, and like the other thing that I learned is it was being very like detailed with the stuff that like that you're gonna say in the sense that okay, like you're gonna go into the track window, which is on your upper left. Then you're gonna go down, and on the last, you know. Yeah. Menu, you'll see like this thing here, you know, like you have to like really be able to explain things to people. Because uh, again, especially as an audio engineer, you assume a lot of things mm. and there's a lot of like really small steps. So like having the patience and also the consideration that, that not everyone is in the same like te technical level that you are. Yeah. It's really important. And, you know, it's just funny. For, for example, the other day I was working with Vale for, for a show they did. and you know, like something that I, f they were like really freaking out. I was like, okay, like I kind of felt like customer support. It's like, have you tried turning on and off? Like, okay, <laughs> well, go here. And it's like, oh, actually the problem is this. And there's like, oh yeah, that's that. It's like, okay, great. So we can keep on moving on the on things for the show to being great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you forget, especially when you get like sucked into all the key commands too. You forget. Yeah. Somebody's like, how do you do this? And you're like, I actually don't know. You just press this and that. Yeah. And they're like, I'm not going to remember that. And you're like, well, I know there's a menu for it somewhere. I just don't know where. Yeah. Things like that. They're like, you know, it's like you have to be really considerate with like translating it for, for people who are not as geek as yourself. It's like, yeah, it's one of the key important things. Was there a lot of like gentle communication talking to different musicians or or people involved of like, hey, can you move this mic a little bit? Or would you be willing to do this again? I think it could be a little bit better. Like when it comes to like actual like recording setup and everybody's at home, maybe in a less than ideal space, did you have to work through a lot of stuff like that? Honestly, no, it's a, it's a, I, I'm kind of of the philosophy of like, I'll make it work. Like, I mean, hmm. don't get me wrong. Like there were a few, like, for example, um, like one thing like that we actually end up liking a lot and it, it actually stayed like that is that we're we're cranking up the preamp on 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 elvis's guitar for example oh cool like everything that we get if you look at it it's like completely distorted <laughs> it's awesome but it's a sound yeah 
That sounds amazing. So it was one of those things that rather than like, okay, like maybe you should dial back. It was more like, oh, actually, no, that's cool. Like, let's let's actually go that way. Nice. I think like maybe one time. No, you know, because also like even even, for example, for bass, like Davey just plugs in and it's just like literally like, you know, and, and for keyboards, uh, Steve, he's he's actually very savvy on his computer. So he'll, he'll just like, you know, it's a lot of stuff since and like he has his own studio, which he's like pretty good at recording himself uh with pete the drummer uh i went to his place to set up the mics oh cool which was that was that was kind of difficult because it was like i didn't know the house it was like okay you guys this is like in the middle of the pandemic right so it's like like i was like basically wearing a hazmat suit <laughs> like putting mics into the this very small room and kind of like playing and like kind of hearing it and it's like okay maybe i'll move stuff and then like leaving and cleaning everything and then that setup that that just kind of stayed there for like, I mean, I don't think it has moved since 2020. Like we just kept the same setting up and we've done like Pete has played on actually on, on, on the Juanes album. And we've, we've used, he's placing that he has a very small room in his house that even we used to go to like Sunset Sound to record. And now we're like, well, like, you know, like I'll just, he lives in Silver, Silver Lake. So I'll, sometimes I'll be like, can I just go and we'll record it there? And, you know, like it works great. Yeah. This is very interesting. His room has like some resonators in the room, which because I think it was like a boiler room. So I don't know what the material it, it, it is. But when he plays everything, just a room like really like vibrates. Ah. Yeah, and it sounds bigger than what it actually is. That's cool. That's very cool. Like you can only fit two people in that room, but it sounds huge. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Have you been to Sound Factory B? You worked in Sound Factory B. Yeah, that actually was one of the first studios uh, that I that I worked at in LA. Ah, nice. There you go. Um, I love. I didn't realize that uh, you know Chad Blake apparently Chad used Blake, to do yeah. most of his drums in that little tiny booth. Man, that thing is so. I don't even know how you get a drum kit in there. Yeah, well, funny enough. So I didn't know this until I met Pete. But Pete was the drummer that would like record for for uh, for Chad and uh, and Mitchell from. Oh shit, that's awesome. Yeah. So so I was like, I told him Pete like. Oh, I mean, this reminds me of Chad, and he's like, you know, I like I played in all of that. It's like, oh crap, I had no idea. That's awesome. That's and awesome. then you know, we we uh, I I he he gave me a compliment. It's like, yeah, man, the room sounds big, and it's like it's very Chad Blakey. I was like, yes, <laughs> like the best thing you can tell me. <laughs> a engineer loves the Chad Blake comparison. They're like, okay, all right, I'm doing something right. Yeah, no, it's, it's, you know, that's like the best thing. That's awesome. You can tell me. <laughs> that's really cool. Well, since we're kind of almost talking tricks, I love to ask other engineers and mixers if they have any weird tips. Like, is there anything like you did on accident that you love or that like is real atypical? Yeah, I do. A, I mean, I do a bunch of weird stuff, but what I do, <laughs> what I do, uh, one of the things that I, I do a lot that I don't know if a lot of people do it is that I'll you know I'll grab samples from like splice for example and I'll just like time stretch them or or like and then like or or even like get them you know because it's it's stuff that's not it might not be in the tempo of the song that you're working on yeah but then I'll put in pro tools that it should quantize it and make it into something else uh, and then that will do a, like a very different rhythm and it might not all work but I'll be like oh actually that's a nice feel and then I'll just like cut the part that I like and leave that there that's cool or like you know i'll grab like random foley sounds and then i'll quantize them so suddenly i'll hear like a rhythm and then turn that into a an instrument 
Yeah, it's a, a, basically randomization that turns musical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like I, I love finding like random things and turning them into, you know, uh, that's also one really cool thing about the mind is that something that might seem random, if you put it in a loop, suddenly the mind makes it into a thing, you know? Mm, yeah. But I'm a big fan of Steve Reich and like Philip Glass and, you know. Okay. And, you know, all the minimalist, like classical stuff. So, you know, the, the they do, I don't know if you've heard of, of them, but they, they, they're basically grab loops and they like, like you, they'll literally make like a one bar loop and make like a 40 minute composition of like one bar, which is like insane. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I am not well, ver I know the names, but uh, I, I haven't really like sat down and, and listened, but I should. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a ch it's challenging for some, for some, cause it's, you know, like it's one loop, or yeah. one bar loop for like 40 minutes. It's crazy. <laughs> that's awesome so another question i wanted to ask you is are there any projects that you were involved in that really like changed your approach whether it be like a technical thing or like a mindset thing were there any like big moments in your career so far where you're like fuck that's a game changer yeah i mean i think there were there, there's been a few obviously the first one i think the first that comes to mind was juanes because that was just very interesting because i thought like it might it might sound stupid, but but at the at the time I was like, oh wow, this is like a real artist because I was like, Sebastian called me to do it, and he's like, yeah, we're recording like you know like drums, bass, guitar, and some keyboards for the the rhythm section for for the album. And in my mind, like such a big artist like Juanes, I just didn't even think that he would come to the sessions because he's like he lives in Miami, and he's like, why would he come? Like you know, just like. <laughs> Be having fun and things and, the, and he was the first one to be there and he's like very like he like really cares about the music and like he's like you know such a hustler and hard worker after like you know he doesn't have anything to prove right to anyone but he still is like he still is looking for like the best music that he can make which to me that was like oh okay like you know this is like a person that won the person of the year like latin grammy award like last year and now he's like a month later, he's like working on his new album and still wants to push himself. Like that. to me, that like it's crazy, and it's such a humbling. It was such a humbling experience, you know, because it's like, you know, that's kind of the mindset I, I kind of want to have in my life. Yeah. Also, seeing Sebastian work, like Sebastian, he's the kind of person that I, I mean, I've learned so much from him. But he like literally like, and, and not in a specific project, but overall, because he's the he's the kind of person that that it's like. You know, you have to do what it takes. Like nobody, you know, if if like he would do things like, for example, like uh, he let's say he's mixing a song, right? And then he'll hear it and he's like, yeah, the song structure doesn't work, and he'll like change the song structure as a mixer. Oh wow! So I was like, wait, no, you don't, you don't do that because you're the mixer, and there's like, and he's like, yeah, but it sucks. Like, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, he's like kind of in that sense that like he just follows what he hears in his mind uh, or in his gut and just like yeah. it goes for it. Yeah. And nowadays I kind of do that a lot. Uh, but it's like, like I've have gotten songs where it's like full instrumentation from the beginning to end. And I'm like, yeah, no, like this doesn't like I'll start. I like mute everything and just leave the vocals and start like kind of like a like a puzzle kind of like muting and unmuting stuff. Yeah. And it's like, oh, like actually, oh, this might be like really cool. Like, what if it starts with like, like a bass and guitar, uh, bass and vocals at the beginning, which it wasn't supposed to be that way, but 
well, that's kind of cool. And suddenly you're like creating this other thing. And, you know, like sometimes, you know, if the artist says like, I love it, this is amazing, I'll take it. But, you know, there's sometimes I'll do stuff and it's like, yeah, no, we actually like really, really like what we had. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Like, but it's, it's, you know, it's the, the kind of thing where like, I, I feel like a lot of the people that I get to work with, the most important thing rather than like the technicality or like, or like how good are you at Pro Tools or playing an instrument? It's more like your your musical taste, mm. like your opinion. So like just being able to be like, oh, actually, what if the intro is like a mariachi intro? You know, it's like on a on a, like a techno song. It's like, wait, what? It's like, yeah, yeah, because you know, like you have this melody that reminds me of like this thing. So like, what if we like, you know, like you know, it might be like the stupidest thing ever, but but I feel like just like trying things out makes makes things like. Like maybe that's not the best thing, but then like there was like a rhythm that you really like from that that then turned into like the actual intro of the song. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I love experimenting and trying things. And that was one of the things that that like I really, I really think it changed my mindset. Like I don't I, I, like nowadays I'm not afraid of experimenting things. And and even though it's scary, like sometimes like I literally sent a song the like last month and I was so like nervous i was like man they're gonna hate it like they're like so different like it's so like different from the from wherever they send me like yeah it's it has like it's just like i don't think it's gonna work uh, it's just so out there like you know I, but but i but it was like but it's what i hear like it's what i hear and i would love to hear the song like this and then i send it i'm like you know freaking out and then you know the the the, the producers were really pissed at me <laughs> <laughs> but the artist was like oh my god this is exactly what i had in my head but i was too afraid to ask for and i was like oh well there you go okay well that's why the producers were so pissed <laughs> right but it's also but it's also like you know it's like there's a lot of things that you're like well it's, you know it's human nature to be like well i'm i'm the artist or i'm the producer or i'm the engineer like i'm just supposed to be doing this yeah play your role yeah right and sometimes you know don't get me wrong sometimes i you kind of read the room and it's like, okay, I'm like shutting myself up. I'm just, you know, just going to do my job. And, but a lot of times, you know, it's like, like you were saying with people are like, you know, uh, if you're not the songwriter and they're songwriters and they say like, yeah, that's amazing. Like there would be like, I'm just going to like, keep going, keep going. Yeah. But if I was the songwriter, one of the songwriters, I'd be like, isn't that good though? Like maybe we should, you know, like, yeah. Or, you know, it's a it's a it's a tricky thing that I've learned that how to again like I said I'm still I still get super nervous about it but I I just kind of do what I hear in my head. <laughs> yeah. Would well, you feel like cuz you know, I do a lot of mixing and I've found over the last few years in particular like straying from the rough mix in like any way generally with the people that I'm working with turns out to be a disaster. So if I take a chance like you know if I do something way different in the bridge i'm like hey here's here's what i think is cool in the bridge here's another mix it's your bridge do you send another version or you're just like hey this is my vision it's very different from yours you know let me know what you think right i've i've actually given that a lot of thought um i used to send two mixes if it's a person i don't i don't know that well i'll send two mixes yeah just because um i just don't know how they hear music or you know like it's it's also like it's very hard to tell people like no but imagine you know it's i prefer to show them and and so they can see that but <laughs> it's an interview 
um, uh, they were interviewing Chad Blake. So, uh, and he's like, you know, if I really like a song, like a, a rough mix, I'm not going to do like, oh, I'm just going to tweak it a little bit. I'm just going to do another different thing because they already have that. So like, yeah, why am I going to mess up something that's great? Like, I'm just going to like, if they're calling you for something, it's because they want something different. You. Yeah. Right. And sometimes that's not what they actually envision and and for okay so for example like let's say i do like this crazy version for a song no a crazy mix for a song yeah and they say we don't like it like we would like to go back to what we had like i'm not gonna fight that because if that's if they like heard it and they're like i really don't like this i actually like what we had i'll be like oh okay i just this is and that's also why i tell people like this is uh, this is just my opinion you know it doesn't mean that that's how it's supposed to be Mm, yeah unless i feel really strong about it and then i'll fight you about it (laughs) (laughs) but you know uh, it's also important to understand that it's not your song at the end of the day it's true it's it's you really need to be like very conscious about it and really need to understand the the what's their vision you know yeah like sometimes your vision does not align with the artist's vision and that's just part of the game and you have to like adapt and try to like find what's like common ground you know yeah Definitely, you know, I've, I've talked about it a lot. There's, um, you kind of go through these phases, I feel like, in your engineering and mixing career where, like, in the beginning, you feel like you have to leave your stamp on something and, like, validate your purpose, you know? And then eventually you reach a point where you're just like, what do you want? I mean, I can do whatever you want. So I'll just do what you want. I'm done, you know, pretending to, you know, put me on everything. And I think, I think that's part of the learning process. I don't know if you've, if you would agree. I think that, I mean, I, 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 it's funny, I was just having a similar conversation today with a friend. Um, but what I think is that something that I always try to be really conscious about is that I, it's funny because I really don't think I have a sound or at least I try not to have a sound because I, I try to go with the artist's vision rather than right my vision. So I was talking with a friend uh, who's like an amazing songwriter uh, from Puerto Rico because she's like, no, but I actually like when a producer like has like their stamp on it. Yeah, I was like, no, I actually like when you can actually hear what the artist wants to do rather than the producer, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So I'll always like kind of linger more into what the artist, you know, like it's sometimes the artist can be their own worst enemy. And that's when you kind of have to get in and be like, okay, like, uh, is this really what you want? Or are you just trying to be safe and and, and do what you've done? Like, yeah, for two albums now. And yeah, just doing what what worked last time, which is always kind of a not a great way to go. Yeah. <laughs> you got to push push the boundaries and change it up a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people that come to me are kind of people that want to change their stuff or try different things. Yeah. 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 It's, just, it's just like the kind of people that, that reach out to me. It's like, listen, I have like this weird idea. I don't know how to do it, but it's like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. I'm, I'm, that's You're like, I like weird ideas. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. I'll bring you another weird idea. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think, uh, you know, as you like the longer you're in this business, you you draw the people that you click with, you know, like you find the people that really want to change it up and get weird are drawn to you. It's because it's like inadvertently like what you've put out into the world, you know, and I find that I work with specific types of people more often than other types of people. And I'm like, I don't seek that out. They just find me. They click with me. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 That's very true. Yeah. You kind of click with your you know you kind of find your but you know it's like for example 
one of the things that happened to me last year was that they asked me to like work on a on like a pop album like but like very like straight latin pop and i was like oh that's a challenge like okay like yeah like how weird can i get without them thinking it's weird you know or or you you know weird like how like for for i don't i don't even think of the word weird it's just like how interesting for me can i make a like a pop song that that usually i wouldn't listen to but but you know yeah. like i'll like try to make little things and a lot of times they're like what the hell is this take it out like just like <laughs> stick with what it's supposed to be i was like okay <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome um i got a couple questions that i hit everybody with before we go one of them is really easy it's really just kind of a a listening recommendation is there any music that you think is you know just not getting enough plays anything you really love any anybody you want to promote yeah actually um i have a i have a few ones well the the first one i've been listening to a lot and i I was kind of surprised it didn't like it's not well, I guess it's more ambient, but uh, Fred again and Brian Eno released an album. Oh, okay. Like not like a week ago, and I thought it was amazing. Then there's this girl from from Puerto Rico called Gale who also released an album, which I thought it was it was really really cool. Then also, well, there's Vale, which I contraluz, but I I worked on that, so I don't know if that's like. Yeah, that's fine. It's fair game, right? <laughs> but that one I'm I'm so proud of, and it's like. That one was interesting because we basically went to Mexico City for two weeks to make an album. That's awesome. It was like, we only have two weeks and that's it. Like, there's no, like, we didn't have time for self-doubt to crawl in into our lives. Start to finish, final mixes mastered at the end of two weeks? Yeah. Actually, not not the master. The master, um, I think, actually, for one song I messed up and I, like, I doubled the vocals. Uh, I didn't mute one of the, tri- you know, it's like I hit commit in Pro Tools and it didn't. Oh, yeah. Then I was in the master. It's like, why does the, like, the vocal sound so facey? And everyone thought it was like an effect on purpose. <laughs> and I was like, ah, no, that's a mistake. That's not, I'm, that's a- <laughs> I need to like inactivate it. Yeah. We need to fix that. I was listening to that record before we jumped on it. It sounds dope. Oh, you, cool. you did a great job with that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Awesome. So I got two more questions that I hit everybody with. One being, was there a time in your career that you chose to redefine what success meant to you? I think that for for me, I don't think so because I still I am still that like I'm still this kid from Mexico that just wants to do really cool music. Like to me, that's that's still the what success means for me. That's awesome. You know, this just happens to me, like, I think last year or this year where I was like, wow, I've been like really waking up like every single day for a few months now or like a year or more than a year. And literally, I've just been doing music. That's insane. Like, oh, my God. To me, like, that's the dream. And I'm like really living it right now, which is kind of insane. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. That's good. I mean, I think uh, that keeping the, the goal of making music you love is like, I think ultimately where everybody ends up, some people like circle around to like money and number ones. But then I think as they get older or more experienced, they come, they come back to just making cool music, you know? So yeah, that's great. Yeah. I mean, I mean, for example, one of my, but actually now that you've said that one of my goals right now, is I really want to, for example, get a number one on Billboard, but staying true to, to what I'm doing. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, like kind of like, you know, make something that goes viral, like super in a very, like, I see a trend and just like follow the trend. Like, yeah. that's one of the things I've been like, lately, I've been like, oh, maybe I should like, oh, I kind of want to do that. But, you know, it's like, how can I make that? Okay, like, 
maybe if I like, what if this artist, you know, it's like that kind of thing. But again, how, it's still staying true to myself in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, the last question is, is that might be the answer to the last question, but the last question is, uh, what is your current biggest goal and what is the next smallest step you're going to take to go towards it? Well, yeah, I think I kind of answered it, but I think, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so too. <laughs> but, but, you know, you know, one of the things I, one of the, the biggest goals that I have is that I, you know, like, like if I'm working with an artist and seeing them getting excited about the music that we're making, Mm. To me, that's like huge, like achievement and, and a goal I'm always looking. Yeah. And I always tell people this, like, like, you never know what's going to come out. Like it's, you know, if somebody tells you that they have a really specific idea of what you're going to do on that day that you're making music, like it's bullshit. <laughs> it's like, you just really never know. Like I, I have, yep. like, you know, you can have a, a an idea of where things you, where, where you want things to go, but. But really, until you try things out, you really can't like you. You don't know what's what's going to happen. Yeah, it's always very nerve like nerve wracking because it's like I hope you know people like it and people get excited. So like, seeing artists or like film composers or like you know or film directors like like looking at them like getting excited about the things that you're doing. That's that's like a big goal I've always tried to yeah. do. Yeah, small steps for that. Bringing them food <laughs> and coffee like. <laughs> making everybody happy yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, feel, I feel like that's a good small step <laughs> yeah, i like it i like it just you know simple actionable i like it it's good yeah the only people that you'll actually see get excited are are those people that you're working in the room with and you're never going to know whether something's going to resonate outside that room yeah so the only, you know, enjoyment you can have is to know that everybody in the room is having a good time. I mean, it might be a total flop or it might be a huge hit. It doesn't matter. You guys had fun. You know, that's right. I think like that's one of the things that I think sh you should be like really uh, like true to, for example, like if there's something that everyone at that point in that room really liked and then you, you know, you suddenly start getting messages from whoever the artist, the manager, the label, like whatever and saying like, oh, no, we don't like it. It's always like, wait, so no, no, no. But we like everyone there, like really liked it. Like, was that like, like what, what happened from like, we love it to we hate it. And sometimes yeah. it's like insecurities, but, but like sometimes when you're like excited about something, it's like, like, for example, I'm, I'm working with, with this guy from Venezuela, Jorge Cajillas, who's like an amazing artist. And, you know, he like played me something today and he's like, oh, I did this thing for this song. And I'm like, Actually, okay, like plug in the guitar, like we're doing this and we're doing that. It's like, now I like, I got excited. So it's like, we're just like, like, oh no, but in this part do this. Like, it's like, you suddenly get super excited and you just kind of like follow your gut and like go for it. And then, you know, it's like, you know, maybe, maybe there's something later that you're like, actually, maybe this was, we were too excited and it was like a little bit too much or maybe it is, yeah. maybe it's like right for it. But it's like, like, I really follow that excitement, like a lot like it's it's really what what really drives me to keep making music and and, and you know be like grateful for everything i do right now <laughs> that's awesome i think it's amazing please tell everybody where they can find you if they want to work together or what internet website whatever it is um share whatever whatever you want yeah um uh, it's very easy i mostly use instagram uh, and they can find me under vago galindo it's you know that's my my nickname and last name very easy to find cool Awesome. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll have that in the show notes as well. Dude, this has been a lot of fun. 
Um, you, you're in LA. We'll have to hopefully meet up at some point and be, uh, yeah, that'd be great, man. I would love to. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. That's it for episode 96. Thanks to Vago Galindo for coming on the show. Thanks to Stephen Boyd for the audio edit on this one. And obviously, thanks to all of you for listening. If you've been enjoying the show, please consider supporting it by leaving a review, sharing with a friend, or possibly even joining the Patreon. That, I will see y'all next time.